The following message is from Grace on the Ashley Baptist Church, located in Charleston, South Carolina. For more information about Grace on the Ashley, visit graceontheashley.org. Hello, everybody, all three of you. Um, this is it, the last night. It's our last lesson, God's Will and Guidance. And uh, <coughs> I think <coughs> we may try to do this again, but I'm not sure how that's going to work out. Um, have you all liked doing this? You like it, Dave? Yeah, I like it too. I think it's great. How about you all? Yeah. Think. Yeah. Yeah, I know. He's uh, he studies a lot. Yeah. But you know, he makes it plain enough to where, you know, you you listen to it a couple times and sometimes just one time and you understand it. You know, and he doesn't try to use too much uh, over our head stuff. You know, it's pretty understandable. I love John MacArthur's teaching. Um, and I really like this, um, this, these lessons in this book. I think these are probably, from what I see, is probably the best way for um, Christians to get grounded, you know, in just a good foundation um, of faith and, and the walk, uh, a Christian walk. I think it's just... A great way to to do that it's um <clears throat> because even on this last um, lesson <clears throat> he really keeps it really simple because all he really talks about in here is God's sovereign will and God's uh, commanded will and I don't think he even mentions his desired will in y'all's book um, but he mentions it in the uh, teacher's uh, study which we will talk about is his desired will in there David it's not in there is it I didn't think so okay so We'll talk about that a little bit too, but I mean, you can go all over the place with God's sovereign will and his commanded will. I mean, there are a lot of other words to use for it. Um, his, uh, um, just other other names people call it, and, and uh, you can divide it up. You can divide uh, this, his sovereign will up into two two forms of will. And we'll talk about that a little bit, too, because that's pretty interesting. And then it'll kind of help you understand how evil and sin plays into God's sovereign will. We talk about that a little bit. So let's, uh, let's pray, and then we'll kind of get started. Father, we're grateful that we're all here safe tonight. We thank you. Um, 
for bringing us back here this week and uh, we're grateful for the lessons that we've learned so far Lord and we uh, just pray that we would learn tonight what you want us to learn how your commanded will works in our lives and how your sovereign will also works so um, we just pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your truths help us to be doers of your word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. And uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So has everybody had a good week so far? Yeah? Yeah? <laughs> if you didn't, you wouldn't tell me anyway, right? Too cold? <laughs> it's going to get colder. <coughs> I had a crazy day today. <coughs> I went to Kiowa twice today twice huh you go there every day really do you what do you do there oh okay do you go early early morning uh-huh yeah have you noticed everybody goes like 40 45 all the way out there it's like whatever happened to 50 55 <laughs> It's a mess. It's just really. But to go out there twice in one day, it's just way too much. It is. But anyway, okay, so tonight we want to cover God's sovereign will and God's um, commanded will. We want to look at these two wills, God's two forms of will and find out how they apply to our lives and how we can know them. Um, our memory verse is Ephesians 5.17. So then, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So that word there, foolish, means stupid. <laughs> so if we don't understand what the will of the Lord is, we might be stupid. Now that's, that's Paul talking. So... Um, so we should know what God's will is. Um, his commanded will is all through his word. We talked about that a lot last week. Last week we talked about all of God's, well not all of God's commandments, but God's commandments and how important it is that we are obedient to his commandments. So God's will is in his commandments. Whatever he commands us to do, he desires us to do and that's his will. So if we follow his commandments, we're doing God's will. So God's sovereign will, we cannot know what that is. God's sovereign will is not known until after it happens. When you look at history, you're actually watching God's sovereign will unravel or uh, uh, um, appear. Um, not the word I'm looking for, but... <coughs> I'll find it in a minute. It's written down here somewhere. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a sinus thing going on tonight. So um, we'll start in the uh, first part of our book, God's Will. The Bible portrays two aspects of God's will, sovereign will and commanded will. And God's sovereignty, he has a plan that covers all aspects of creation and time. He also has a commanded will 
that he legislates to his people. So God's sovereign will involves his ultimate, complete control over everything. And that's why God is sovereign, because he is in control of everything. Nothing happens that is not in God's plan. History is really the unfolding, and that's what I was looking for, the word, unfolding of God's purposes, which happen exactly as he planned. Isaiah 14, 24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, Surely, just as I have intended, so it has happened, and just as I have planned, so it will stand. Ephesians 1.11b, predestined according to the purpose of, his, of him who works all things after the counsel of his will. So we see that God is in control of our lives as Christians. Nothing is by chance. So I got a question for you. I don't want everybody yelling out at one time. Let's give everybody a chance. Okay. What is chance? Can anybody give me uh, some type of definition? Just whatever, whatever you think chance is. Just if you, if you want to take a shot at it, try to explain it. Possibilities. <clears throat> okay. <coughs> Time's up. You got something? You're going to Google it. No, time's up. No time to Google it. <clears throat> there is no, really no such thing as chance. If God is in control of everything, how can there be anything called chance? Chance means that it was, it had no purpose, it had no meaning, it just happened. But nothing happens like that in life. God has a reason and a purpose for everything. So when we say it happened by chance, that's just our ignorance of not knowing why it happened because God knows why things happen, even though they look like chance. He has a reason for it. He may not have caused it to happen, but he works it into, he weaves it into his sovereign will. Just because God's sovereign and everything we see in history is his sovereign will, that does not mean he causes everything within that sovereign will to happen like evil and sin so <clears throat> Isaiah 46 9, 9 and 10 says I am God and there is no one like me my purposes will be established and I will accomplish all my good pleasure so God's purposes will be established if he purposed a thing to happen no matter what the circumstances are leading up to that thing, it's going to happen. So 
God is in total control of everything. He works everything to a predetermined end. He has a predetermined end for everything that you see in history. Everything in his sovereign will is a predetermined, has a predetermined end. He has a purpose for it. Now that's hard for us to understand and really get a hold of because there are a lot of bad things that happen. And like I said, just just because God is sovereign in in everything in history, it doesn't mean that he causes the bad things to happen. He allows for them. Does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Any questions? <clears throat> no? Y'all are good on God's sovereign will? Oops. Okay. You remember um, lesson six? Y'all remember lesson six? Pardon me? Salvation. <coughs> Who is sovereign in salvation? God. I used to think I was sovereign in salvation. You know, I mean, but I learned by the grace of God that he is sovereign in everything. So let's look at uh, lesson six was on salvation. In lesson six, Romans 8.30, and those, when he, and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. So predestined means to mark out, appoint, or determine beforehand. So we see that in our salvation, God is sovereign in our salvation. Before the beginning of time, before the foundation of the world, God predestined you and I to be his children. Um... Acts 2.23 This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. From eternity past, God predetermined that Jesus would die an atoning death as part of his preordained plan. So this was planned beforehand. Before the foundation of the world, God had planned that Jesus would be a sacrifice for those that he predestined those that he called, <clears throat> those that he elected, and those that he justified, and those that he will glorify. <clears throat> now we're still talking about, um, uh, this may not be in, uh, this may not have come from, from uh, Lesson 6, but 
Um, it's in my notes, Romans 13, 1, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that, that exist have been instituted by God. Human, human government's authority derives from and is designed or defined by God. He established human government to reward good and to restrain in an evil fallen world. <clears throat> so what are we called to do as Christians with the government and to the governing authorities? What is our call as Christians? To obey. And when Paul wrote this, um, Nero was, was ruling, and Nero was uh, a Christian killer. Y'all familiar with Nero and what he, what he did to Christians? Yeah. The beast? Nero the beast? <coughs> he uh, put pitch on humans and, and uh, lit them up like torches, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cruel. That's pretty evil. So, um, God didn't tell us that, you know, he was going to give us a Christian leader and that we would never have any problems. He never, he never even confronted that. Jesus never confronted that in the New Testament. We're told that whoever the governing authorities are, as long as they're not going against God's word, telling us to do something that we shouldn't do, uh, that God has told us to do, then we are to submit <coughs> excuse me, to the governing authorities. God is sovereign in human government. Okay, so how do you view history? Anybody, how do you view history? What do you, how do you look at history? When you look at history, what do you, what do you think it is? What do you, what do you think of it? Just time gone by? Lessons to be learned? Yeah. Yeah. So history is his story unfolding. History is watching God's plan in action. Do we live our lives with the view that everything that happens in history has already been written by God? <laughs> I know I don't. I mean, that that's... You know, when something happens to me, like having to go to Kiowa twice today because of something somebody else did because of their ignorance, you know, I'm not saying, oh, God, I know you wrote this down way before I was even born. It's okay. I don't mind going to Kiowa twice just because this guy screwed up, you know? So, oh, it's Ben. Hey, Ben. <laughs> I know that mass marauder marauder was <laughs> huh 
That's right. Hey, it fell under God's sovereign will to go to Kiowa twice. So, you know, I thought about that today. I thought, you know, how am I supposed to respond to this? Because of somebody else's ignorance. I've lost a half a day's work, and I've wasted all this gas going out there and back. You know? And so, I mean, I didn't uh, blow my top like I would have a few years ago. I actually, for me, I handled it actually pretty well, which was probably not as good as a lot of people could do. But for me, it was improvement. And I thought about this. I thought, you know, God's sovereign will is at work in our lives every day. Maybe there was a, you know, if I'd have done something else, instead of going to Kiowa first thing in the morning, I, he, I may have done something, hit a, you know, ran into a telephone pole or something, and God says, let's send him to Kiowa. I don't know, you know, you just, you think like that sometimes, you know. So you never know what you missed by going there. Might have been something that you didn't want to happen. So, um, so can we know God's sovereign will? Often people will try to discern God's sovereign will in a situation but it's impossible to know for certain. Okay, so uh, here's an example. Before marriage, a person cannot say that it is the sovereign will of, of God for him to marry a particular girl. But after they are married, he can say this was certain, this with certainty, because it it came to pass. Everything that happens in part of, is part of God's sovereign will. Before something takes place, however, it is impossible to discern what the sovereign will of the Lord is. <clears throat> you understand that, David? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it can get a little uh, confusing, but... Just try to uh, just try to remember that history is God's sovereign will. Again, He doesn't cause everything to happen that happens within that sovereign will that that got to history. There are situations that happen before its history that cause it to come out the way it does. He doesn't always cause those situations but they're wrapped up in his sovereign will after it all happens. And he, his purpose will stand, whatever his purpose is. So, okay. Um, now let's talk just for a minute about God's desired will. And that's not in your lesson. Okay, so this is, uh, this is a part of God's will that we see in God's word that does not come to pass. Um, God's will of desire is consistent with his sovereign will, but is not always fulfilled. For example, Jesus desired Jerusalem to come to him, but they were unwilling. God desires all men to be saved, but all will not be saved. God desires all to come to him, and they do not. God desires that Christians be obedient and sanctified, but we fail. So God has a desired will, things that he desires that don't come to pass. So you see there's a difference there in his sovereign will 
and his desired will. He doesn't always get what he desires because that's a different will than his sovereign will. <clears throat> God desires, but we are still responsible to obey and align our wills with his. doesn't take the pressure off of us. He desires us to be saved, and if we're not saved, whose fault is it? It's us, because we suppress the truth of God in unrighteousness. Romans 1 says that he has put in our hearts who, who he is, that we know who God is. And we suppress the truth of that in unrighteousness. So we refuse to acknowledge him as God because of our sin. Any questions on God's desired will? No? Okay, let's look at um, number two under part one. Number two is God's commanded will. God command, God, God's commanded will is revealed throughout the Bible as laws or precepts. In this aspect of his will, it is that aspect of his will in which men are held accountable. Okay? So this is God's, this is God's commanded will that is wrapped up in his laws and his principles which we are commanded to know and obey. So can we know God's commanded will? Sure we can. It's in his word. That's what he gave us his word for. So we would know what he desires from us, what he desires us to do for our own good and to bring him glory. According to the Great Commission, Matthew 28:20, 20, what are new believers to be taught? all that he commanded. We're to be taught all that he commanded. God gave two great commandments. Now these two commandments are the ones, the two commandments that I talked so much about last week, or I feel like I did anyway. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven: you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your, with your mind, okay? Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what is God's will? That we love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that we love our neighbor as ourselves. <clears throat> so it's important that we know God's word so we'll know what his commanded will is. I mean, when we ask, what is God's will for me in my life? What do we usually mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. All those sort of 
gray areas that you don't see in the Bible <laughs> that don't say uh, <clears throat> like um, David Vath needs to marry Rebecca <laughs> yeah yeah you don't see those things in God's word we see his commanded will in his word in laws and precepts but when it comes to the everyday living what house should we buy what job should I take what girl should I marry what guy should I marry should we have children should we have ten children he doesn't tell us those things in his word but there is a way to know those things and uh, if you listen to the message on uh, at the beginning what did he what is it the name of it is uh, knowing and doing God's will anybody listen to that no <laughs> okay you should have it's great I would suggest that you go home and listen to it or try to listen to it whenever you can because it's really good and I if I have time I may try to um, touch on that tonight so on the um, and under B, on the nature of God's will, the chart, let's look at that real quick and go through it so we'll kind of know the difference in God's sovereign will and his commanded will. So God's sovereign will is secret, known only to God except as revealed through history or revelation. <clears throat> God's sovereign will cannot be resisted or thwarted. It encompasses both good and evil, sin or sin comprehensive it controls all aspects of life time and history the believer is not commanded to know or discover what God has not revealed that's God's sovereign will God's commanded will revealed in the Bible it can be resisted or disobeyed it involves only that which is good and holy it's specific provides principles for living believers are exhorted to know understand and obey all that God has revealed so it's a tall order it's a big command for us to know all that God has revealed in his word doesn't mean we have to know every story every every narrative every situation that was that happened in the Bible but to know God's commands and his will for us in our lives it's in here and we can find out what it is okay the list on the chart on this the other page the um, the sovereign will and the commanded will of God let's look at uh, Philippians 2:13. so it is God who is at work in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure what do you think that is sovereign or commanded sovereign very good all right first Thessalonians 4 3 for this is the will of God your sanctification that is that you abstain from sexual immorality commanded 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be bound together with unbelievers. Commanded. 
that can also help you with who knowing who to marry. <laughs> uh, Matthew seven twenty one. He who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. I probably should have read that whole verse, but that's all I have here. <clears throat> what do you think? He who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. You want me to read the whole thing? 721. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. That's, that's, that's pretty obvious. That's commanded. Right? Because we're commanded to do his will. Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Sovereign. Jeremiah 29.11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Sovereign. Yeah, okay, good. Okay. So we're getting an idea here the difference in God's sovereign will and God's commanded will. We know what God's commanded will is, but we don't know what God's sovereign will is until after it happens. Okay. So we have some examples here and see on how we should respond to God's will. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Y'all under, I mean, you understand this is just like our everyday living when, when we're just going about our business. Things happen during the day. Trials, tribulations, temptations. And what are we supposed to do when those things happen? When it comes to knowing God's sovereign will, we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding of the situation. Because a lot of times, if it's, if it's a situation that we can't understand, God does understand it. And we need to trust in him for what he's doing in our lives. <clears throat> so... Whatever the situation is, it's best if we acknowledge him so that he can make our path straight. <clears throat> and I'll confess, this is not an easy thing to do when things get difficult. It's not, it's not our, uh, usually our go-to as humans. Even though we're Christians, and uh, we have God's power working within us. A lot of times we want to do our own thing and take care of things our own way. And uh, so here we see in Proverbs that if we just relax and trust in the Lord with all your heart, that he can make our path straight. 1 Peter 4.19, Therefore those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. So when we're suffering, for whatever it may be, 
in whatever way we may be suffering, we're called to entrust our souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. Remember Romans 8:28, God works all things together for good to those who love him. So if he's sovereignly working in our lives every day and, and we don't know what his sovereign will is, we know that we trust him and we can trust him to work out things to the end that he, he desires, to that desired end, predetermined end, whatever it may be. A lot of times we don't like what it may end up being. But he has a reason for everything. <clears throat> James 4, 13 through 15. If the, 13 and 15. If the Lord wills, he will live, we will live and also do this or that. So I, I say this a lot when I say, you know, I'll, be, I'll see you, I'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. And that's what, really what that means. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what we'll be doing an hour from now. We think we know. We have plans for what we're going to be doing an hour from now. But it doesn't mean that that's God's plans. God may have another plan for us in the next hour. So we should always look at every situation in our, or every answer we give a person. If we tell somebody we'll see them here or there or tomorrow we'll go do this or that, we should always think in the back of our mind, you know, the Lord is the one that's in control of my life. He directs my footsteps. You know, we make our plans, but he directs our footsteps. So we don't know if we will actually be doing what we think we'll be doing, planning to do. Um, how should we, we respond to God's commanded will? Ephesians 5:17. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we're called not to be stupid, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. <laughs> okay? And we have a book here to find out what it is, and I'll, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm slack at finding out what the Lord's will is, just like the next person. But, you know, it does me good to hear this, to see this, to say this, that we all need to know what this book says to, so we'll know what we're commanded to do. So I'm encouraging you, and you by being here are encouraging me to find out what this book says that we should be doing to please the Lord. Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. If I can look that up real quick. That's um, Al's favorite verse. <laughs> Isn't it? Man, if you ask Al something, some of y'all may not know who Al is, but he's a great old soul. If, if uh, it's something you can't explain, this is Al's go-to right here. This is what he'll tell you. The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. 
but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. So the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things he has revealed belong to us. Whatever's in his word is revealed to us, belongs to us. Deuteronomy 11.1, 1, You shall therefore love the Lord your God, keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. So it's imperative that we keep God's commandments, his laws and his precepts. We can know God's will in that sense. God instructs, we obey. Good and upright is the Lord, therefore he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are loving kindness and truth to those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. All right, anybody got any comments? Having the knowledge of God's word control our minds is the key to righteous living. What controls your thoughts will control your behavior. Self-control is a result of mind control, which is dependent on knowledge. Knowledge of God's word will lead to all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay? So, talking about God's commanded will, we can uh, think back to last week's lesson in obedience to God's commands. And so we talked about being obedient from the heart to God's commands because we love him. And we desire to please him and honor him by obeying his commands. So we can know his commands and we should be working diligently from the heart to follow his commands, okay? All right, so just for a minute, um, here's a little section on uh, God's desired will. All right, a valid question is, how can I know God's will in the choice of a career? or who I should marry. Uh, John MacArthur is uh, the uh, lesson that he, the message that he suggested we listen to, covers this really well. So if you haven't listened to it, uh, listen to that and it'll give you the, the, a good answer for this. The answer to this question, and it's mu his, and his message is much more thorough than this uh, ex explanation here. The answer to this question is to be faithful to God's will as revealed in the Bible and then follow the guidelines of Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So delighting yourself in the Lord includes loving him with a heart of obedience. So there are some clear areas revealed in scripture of God's will. 
and here's a partial list of them. One is to be saved. Of course, that we might want to start with that, right? I mean, God's not going to reveal his will to people that aren't saved. They don't understand spiritual things. 1 Timothy 2.4, 4, that was lessons 5 and 6. Be spirit-filled, Ephesians 5.18. Be submissive to authorities. Be willing to suffer for his sake. Be sanctified and be self-sacrificing. So, um, in that message, John MacArthur talks about what is our will in our lives look like? What, what do we desire in our lives more than anything else? Do we desire our agenda and our will and what we want over what God wants and what God's will is for our lives? Because if we do, then it doesn't even do us any good to ask what God's will is for these things that he doesn't tell us in his word. Everyday decisions. If you want to know God's will in everyday decisions, you have to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's a process. Having God's desires put in your heart is not something that just happens just because we're Christians. It's something that we actually, a process that we actually do in our lives, which is a lot of study, a lot of knowing God's commanded wills, being filled with the Spirit, which John MacArthur explains in that message, being filled with the Spirit is the same as being filled with His Word. Because God's Word is the mind of God and it's the mind of the Holy Spirit. So if you're filled and immersed in God's Word, then you're filled with the Spirit. And filled there is not like being filled up to the top and overflowing, you know, that kind of filled. What it means is you're controlled. You're totally controlled by the Spirit if you're filled with the Spirit. So if a person is living his life as an obedient Christian, is immersed in God's Word like John MacArthur is, I don't know too many people that are immersed in it that much, but if you are, and he says only if you are, you will not be filled with the Spirit if you aren't. Because that is how the Holy Spirit works in your life. That's what the Holy Spirit works with in your life, is his word, because it's the Holy Spirit's mind. The mind of God is in the Bible, is the Bible, and it's the, the mind of the Spirit. If you fill yourself with the Spirit, and I think that's Colossians 3. Do you know what that is, Josh? Colossians 3, 3-something, three where it says, Let the Word dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That is a, an exact verse for being filled with the Holy Spirit. But instead of, instead of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's be filled with, with God's Word. So what he says is the effects are the same. What happens in Colossians 3 on the effects from being filled with, his, with God's Word, the effects are the same as being filled with His Spirit in Ephesians 5, 
where it talks about uh, husbands and wives be submissive to each other, children obey your parents, and it goes on and on with all those things that follow after being filled with the Spirit. It's the same thing in Colossians 3 when you're filled with the Word. So he says if it's the same effect, it's the same cause. The cause is the same if the effect is the same. So being filled with the Spirit is the same as being filled with His Word. If you're immersed in God's Word and filled with God's Word, which in essence is being filled with the Spirit, then God will give you the desires of your heart. And then you can do whatever you want to do, and it will be God's will. Because your desires will not be your desires. They'll be God's desires. And that's what that verse means. It doesn't mean he's going to give you whatever you want, whatever you desire. It means he's going to put his desires in your heart. And if you have his desires in your heart, then whatever you do is going to be God's will for you in those things that you can't know, everyday decisions. That makes sense? Made really good sense when John MacArthur explained it. <laughs> really good sense. So... That's all I have because it's late enough. This is our last uh, last lesson in this book, and uh, I've missed a few of them because of uh, certain things in life. But the ones that I did was able to do, I just thoroughly enjoyed, and I look forward to doing it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the name of it? Just do something. Who is it by? Kevin DeYoung? Yeah. Yeah, if we're, if we're glorifying God in what we do, then it's acceptable. Um, you know, if you look at it from the big picture, uh, why, why would God save us? I mean, why did he save us? What was the reason for it? For his glory, not for ours. He didn't save us for our glory, for our good. It's good for us. That wasn't the point. The point was it brings God the most glory to put his wrath, vengeance, and his grace and mercy on display. It brings him the most glory when he can display those attributes. So if you go back to before time began, before God created anything, then 
nothing was created, nothing had happened. Who predetermined, who planned all of this? God did. God did. He didn't create evil. But it all fits into his sovereign plan. Okay? It's the only way he could display his anger, wrath, his revenge. It's the only way he could display those attributes. And grace and mercy, forgiveness, by saving us. So it's all about him. It's not about us. It's all about him. And it's for his glory. Anybody want to say anything? What is it? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I, I know three of them. <laughs> Good. And that's the video you were talking about? Good. Okay. So next Wednesday? Okay, you're doing that? Okay, good. 14th? 17th? Okay. <clears throat> so next week, Wednesday, you can come back and uh, hear the overview. All right. Thanks for coming. Let's uh, pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for uh, this lesson, all of these lessons, Lord. We're so grateful that you would include us in your plan. Uh, help us to realize how important it is that we bring you glory and honor, not ourselves, that we look to you for the answers, that we realize that you work all things together for our good, for those who love you. Uh, help us to walk in that love, to fulfill the commandment of loving you <coughs> with all of our heart and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to know your laws, precepts, and to follow those uh, with a desire from our hearts. And I uh, pray for safety as we leave here tonight, and we look forward to worshiping you this Sunday, if it's your will. In Jesus' name, amen.